Welcome to Couples Talk. I'm Steve and Connie is next to me. Hello. We're excited to share our first of many podcasts with you. Each of these podcasts will touch on developing a more effective way of communicating with your partner. Today, we'll be discussing how to hold space and what that is. And I have to confess, I'm a neophyte when it comes to holding space and the whole concept of it. But Connie's a bit more of a master at this. And so I'll ask her the first question, which is, what is holding space in a relationship? The definition um, or one of the definitions that you'd be able to And also have the ability to not react and have their own emotions come into play in that time. It's basically uh, sitting with what is, uh, listening without judgment, allowing the other person to, to just be present. And uh, breathing is a great um, trait during that time. You know, staying grounded. Yeah, the male perspective, I think, on that, if I can be so bold as to paint all of my gender with the same brush, is uh, that we wouldn't read what you just said. We wouldn't interpret it that way. It doesn't come natural to us at all. I mean, I can think of a situation, you know, where uh, you came into the room at some point, you were upset about something. And I'm like, what the hell? is going on here where where the hell did this come from we just had a great weekend where what is this about and instead uh of in, inviting the um the additional hurt that came from my ignorance on the whole thing what i should have done is really understood what this concept of holding space is all about which is to just you know understand you're coming from a place of feeling something and I didn't give you the space to feel that. And I wasn't listening. I was basically playing my own movie in my head. And it was conflicting with whatever movie you had in yours. And we didn't stop the film. So, or I didn't. But that's a big issue. I think in any and every relationship, you got to stop the movie or know when to stop it to hear what's going on with the other person. That's how I interpret it anyway. And if I remember correctly, at that time, I actually did stop my movie because there was no room for both movies. To <laughs> right. It's like when both people are angry, there is no, there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. The, the opening line of, of describing it is, is a process, and it absolutely is. It took me many years of being in that process without realizing I was in it. And it was my therapist that was holding that sacred space for me week after week after week. And uh, I think it's one of the reasons why I find it the most important topic to start this podcast with. And I also think it's a perfect time. We've been talking about doing this mm. for quite a while. And now that we're both locked down in a self <laughs> the COVID-19 studio. <laughs> on a golf course so we can go for a walk and get some fresh air, but it's, um, I think it's a perfect time to be able to, uh, 
connect with other people that um, maybe spending a lot of time together and to help you. So this holding space concept is really about how to communicate more effectively by understanding there's a time and a place to just shut up and to just listen. And that if you don't, it's basically like two soundtracks playing over each other and no one's hearing anything. And, and so you can't really communicate if all that noise is going on. And also because the men and women's brain are really wired differently or their upbringing is differently. I, I do remember being in a relationship years ago and I used to tell this poor guy on a regular basis, you're not listening. And he could literally recite every single word I said. And then I'd be sitting back thinking, I guess he is listening. But I still did not feel the connection. And, you know, it was later on that I realized that I needed him to mirror back how I was feeling. Then I would have heard or then I would have felt that he heard me. And I know it's not a natural thing, I think, for any gender. But I think especially for men and how they're wired. Um, I've been blessed this time around. I found someone that's willing to, uh, you know, learn how to hold space. And I do know from just being with you and having little hiccups here and there that your first reaction is to go into a defense mode. That you need some time. I remember the first time we had a, a conflict, you needed like the entire night. And it wasn't until the next morning mm. we were able to come back and say, okay, I'm ready to revisit that now. So in that moment, I learned that you needed time. So it's like we were teaching one another what we needed without saying, this is what I need. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that a lot of people get into trouble with. They don't tell one another what they need, what they want. And it could change weekly. It could change monthly. It could change yearly. And even my sister, I remember a few years ago, we're having this conversation and uh, she's been married for 20, she was married 24 years, I think at the time. And she was so frustrated with her husband and uh, because she wanted him to know what she was thinking. <laughs> and she was like, he should know. He's known me since I was 17. And uh, I just smiled to myself and, and said to her, would you want to have him to know what you were thinking a few weeks ago? She's like, oh, no. <laughs> when she was uh, in another conversation. But it, it is. It's like women a lot of times think that the guy should know. And how is he going to know if you don't tell him? I wasn't a big fan of them, but, you know, after a while, I actually like them now. But um, food is a little easier than it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one thing to be telling your partner something. If the partner's not listening effectively, then it doesn't matter what you're telling that person. Because they're, if they're not listening, they're not hearing, they're not interpreting. And they're not going to be able to understand when you remind them later, hey, I told you about this. And typically guys are like, what, what, told me what, or you'll be able, you can make a sentence that says, Hey, um, let's do this and that. And let's do it at this time. And guys will brush it off. Like, yep, yeah, no problem. And, uh, 
later on, you'll come back and you'll remind us, hey, didn't, you know, we're going to be doing this now. What do you mean? I didn't hear that. Well, it's because you weren't listening. Or, or you can recite back the exact phrase that you were told without actually knowing what it meant. <laughs> yeah, I've spent Big difference. a lot of time with souls like that. And uh, again, it's, it's in that case, I think the, you know, in my case, um, if I, if that was the avenue I took and it wasn't working, then I would probably go to you and say, you know, can you put some time aside? I'd like to discuss something. How you think about A, B, and C. And just like I need to learn your language and you need to learn mine, it's not just you have to learn mine. We both need to step into this relationship together and learn one another's language, um, learn one another's. That's going to be a whole other topic um, or a whole other uh, podcast on triggers because, like I think everything else, a lot of our reactions today really does stem from our childhood. So what advice can we give to a typical couple who's out there right now not communicating well? Each of them with their own movies playing in their head. Their soundtracks are colliding in mid-space. Their minds are colliding mid-air. Um, and they're just frustrated with each other because one feels like they're saying something, the other one is not hearing it or vice versa, and they're stuck. So how do you get to the point of holding space in the middle of all that, all that traffic, if you will? It takes a lot of practice and it takes patience. And that's not something that uh, a lot of people have automatically. Again, I can't think of a more perfect time during this this time where the world just seems to be, you know, on pause. But I do think um, it's an opportunity also for people to get closer, not just physically closer, but emotionally closer. And um, I would say, you know, even, you know, if we still had this issue and back when we did have it, I would again say, okay, let's practice. Practice with something that's not really painful. You know, practice with something that's funny. It's, I had a um, couple recently and I see them individually and uh, she was so frustrated with her boyfriend, fiance. He was... Um, you know, doing his own thing, minding his own business. And they, they had chores that they decided once they moved in together, um, he would do A, B, and C, and she would do whatever. There were times when she wanted him to put out the trash, but she didn't tell him, didn't hint about it, didn't ask him. But in her mind, she was thinking, he'd really be really proven that he cares about me if he put out the trash. Guy was just going out to work every morning. Every now and again, the bag of trash would be at the door. So he would say, Oh, I'll bring it out. And again, it was a lack of communication to him bringing out the trash was bringing out the trash. It had absolutely no relation to, to his feelings about her <laughs> or his thoughts. But meanwhile, this was the movie she was playing. If he would bring out the trash, he'd be mindful of me and caring. Uh, again, something as simple as that 
is for her to say to him, honey, when you take out the trash, I feel so cared for because I'm doing everything else in the house. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning. and Because she even said to me, I really don't mind taking out the trash. It's not that. But it's like, it's that feeling that she's looking for. The feeling of care. Because yeah. he's working a lot and he's got two jobs because he wants to save for this amazing wedding. But he's also losing out on the beautiful moments that they could share together because he's looking outside. And meanwhile, she... And this stuff is not going to go away when they sign that piece of paper that says you've got to live happily ever after. Yeah, it's like that uh, comedian Jeff Foxworthy has a bit where he talks about how proud guys are of the one little thing that they'll do. I mean, he goes on to say that if his, you know, a wife could be out or a, a partner could be out in the driveway repaving it. And the guy will come running out saying, don't worry about that ashtray. I emptied it. He's, he'll be proud about that and talking about that for the rest of his day, you know? So there's, there's that, that sense of an understanding between each other about what is critical and important to the other person in terms of the chores, the obligations, you know, whatever those things need yeah, to be fulfilled. An example that pops into mind was uh, this guy was out raking leaves and trying to just get the, you know, the, the, the lawn ready before the first snowfall. And his partner was, um, she was missing working out or missing going to the gym for this week. And she thought, oh, I'll go help. I'll go help my boyfriend. So she goes out and she does what she thinks is helpful. She kind of rakes up a bunch of leaves. And I'm not sure what he was doing, if he was cutting the grass or something at the time. But she did as much as she wanted to do and then decided, okay, I broke a sweat. Now I'm going to go take a shower. And she's walking in the door and she's thinking, he should be so proud of me and so happy that I helped him. Meanwhile, he sticks his head in the door and say, you want to leave the leaves here? They were like in his way. But again, she didn't take the time to say, hi, honey, I'd love to help. What would be helpful? She just assumed her movie was how it was going to help. Meanwhile, it actually backfired. And she could not, even after I talked to her about this, she still was. She wanted to hold on to her own script. That's a kind of an immature response mm. instead of, you know, taking, taking the opportunity to say, okay, all right, how could I do this different? And it does have a lot to do with maturity. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about Harville Hendricks, somebody that you've seized upon. He's amazing. I absolutely love how he can literally stand in front of a couple and teach them how to talk directly to one another. It's funny when I listen to some of these videos and when a guy tries to respond, he talks about her and her. And meanwhile, the her is sitting next to him and he has to even say, use the word you. you know? And the word her makes it so impersonal. And yet when you say you and you're looking in their eyes or you're holding their hand, that's a very intimate moment. And these, he works with people that are, you know, at the verge of divorce, but he also tries to make sure that, you know, they're able to say goodbye to the good and the bad of the divorce. Most divorced people, even people with kids, you know more about this. Yeah. There uh, again, I'm not saying that was your case, but there are so many people that just dread to even hear from the ex and 
the sad part of that is that you're bringing that unhealed stuff into the next relationship, whether you are conscious of it or not, even if you choose a very different woman, you know, but eventually she's going to have her issues too. Yeah. Well, no closure is no fun. I can tell you that. Um, so this would have been a handy thing to, for me to have known back then. It's almost like when I reflect and I've been married twice, as you know, and I have four daughters, two by each marriage. So the complications of how those two divorces happened and the tools that I didn't avail myself of during them, um, such as holding space, might have made a difference in at least one of them anyway. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but right now... I think it would have made a difference in both. Yeah. Both known how to communicate. I think that's right. You may be still married. Yeah, I think in the end... Any relationship fails because it's not, there's not a proper communication going on. And so this concept of holding space really is one of the first tools that we'll be talking about in these podcasts um, about um, you know, the value of using it in terms of improving your communications, getting in touch with um, what the other people is feeling, the other person is feeling and how to relate to that without giving up your sort of manliness and your, 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 you know, whoever you are from a male perspective, you know, vulnerability is not weakness. It is absolutely strength, but it's something that has to be practiced. It's the ingredient actually. Yeah. You know, it's relationship because anyone can talk. Yeah. And say, Oh, we talk all the time, but to really communicate effectively is very, very different than talking. Yeah, it's not like smash mouth sports. <laughs> you know, you don't take that mentality into your household and expect you're going to or, or uh, run your business the same way as you do your house kind of thing. Because you know, they're not employees here. We're talking about intimate relationships with people that you care about. Communications there. If you get that right, from my experience, every and any other communication you have with anybody, whether it's work or on the sports field, whatever, is also going to improve uh, significantly. So with that, I guess the message is to practice holding space for your partner today. And That might save your life. <laughs> <laughs> it might save my life. That's right. And we'll save yours too. Thanks so much for joining us today and stay tuned for our next podcast. Thank you.